Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Talking Bollocks. Hello, bollockers. I hope you're ready for some serious bollocks because I am in the mood to talk some bollocks. Yes, welcome back. It is me. Uh, yeah, welcome back. First time, yada, yada, yada. Go back and listen to the other podcasts, whatever. Um, hi, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am your host, a former singer of currently inactive UK thrash band Acid Rain. Apparently, they're putting out a collection of every single song they ever did um, on Candlelight Records on August the 4th, the triple CD box set called The Apple Core Archives, which you can pre order now from candlelight.co.uk. I think that's candlelightrecords.co.uk. UK or amazon.co.uk or amazon.com oh no I don't think it's available on amazon.com but anyway um, if you're outside of the UK or Europe then hit up the candlelight website or or, or try and buy it via amazon.co.uk um, I think they allow you to do that there's definitely somebody in Australia messaged me to say that he bought it from Amazon because it worked out cheaper than candlelight um, and um, yeah so there you go massive fucking advert to begin with for my old band um, yeah, it's all about me, isn't it, hey? Welcome, thanks for tuning in. It's me, and it's all about me. Um, hello, um, it's good to have you all back. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who has, um, who's pre-ordered the, um, the box set. That is really, really cool of you. Uh, for those of you tuning in who, um, who were unaware or you're just listening for the, the podcast because you like the interviews and stuff like that, um, I totally understand. Uh, sorry about the boring intro, but, um, hey, my podcast, my old band, my new release, fuck you if you don't like it. Where else am I gonna, where else am I gonna publicise it? Thanks for all your lovely comments about the uh, about the, the the special podcast we did. Um, Craig did a a, a a very good job of um, dragging loads of stories out of me. But as some of you have noted, um, Craig could also barely get a word in. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I do stop talking occasionally, but not on the podcast because that would just be like this. That's a shit podcast, if you ask me. So, there you go. Uh, we're not going to be doing that again. That's called dead air in radio terms. But we're not on radio. We're podcasting. So we can do what the fuck we like. So, guys, um, uh, first things first. Oh, got to do a bit of housekeeping, um, which was mentioning the acid rain there. Uh, I have to thank Pete the Geordie uh, for tweeting um, uh, on Twitter, funnily enough. And you can reach us at Talking Bollocks. And that's Talking Bollocks with a Z on the end instead of an S. So, there you go. Um, and, and Twitter's been lighting up. It's been really cool. Um, thank you, all of you guys, for spreading the, the acid rain um, Apple Core archives via the acid rain uh, Twitter account as well. That's been brilliant. Um, that's uh, at Acid Rain UKAC. Um, and um, yeah, it's just been brilliant. But thanks to Pete the Geordie, a Geordie in Salisbury, or uh, um, who basically um, copied Ginger of the Wild Hearts into a little uh, a little debate we were having. And, um, and it looks like um, Ginger and I are going to sit down and have a bit of a chat, either over the phone or face-to-face at some point soon. So that's going to be cool. Um, uh, I uh, unfortunately had an aborted attempt at mem- uh, interviewing uh, recently, a, a member of um, the Solfi uh, clan. Um, that's all I'm saying at this point. I don't want to say who or what, because it is still possible. As soon as they get back to the states, they're, they're going to call me, um, and we're going to hook up because we've we've missed each other twice now. So it's been uh, it's been a bit of a pain, but it's cool. We're messaging on Facebook, and uh, you know that's how I've been spending my, my that's how I'm spending my time. Yeah, right. Just like you know, messaging like you know stars, people in Solfi, shit like that. You know, uh, it, it's not really. It's not. It's uh, I got a boring life just like everyone else. So you know, there you go. Don't sweat it. Um, right. What's been going on? Um, um, I, I, I look, I really, really am in the mood to talk some bollocks at the moment. I really, really am. Uh, as you all know, 
I, this is the upfront part of the show where I where I do tend to get stuff off my chest. And a bit more housekeeping that I almost forgot at the end of this um, at the end of this podcast, I am debuting fresh out of the studio. This is absolutely fresh. Only recently it arrived with me yesterday. Uh, fully f- fully mixed, mastered, ready to go is a, is a track from the new Suicide Watch uh, mini album called The Alienation Zone. Pre-order now, motherfuckers. And th- there's a guest vocalist on it that some of you may know. It's fucking me, isn't it? It's only fucking me again. It really is all about me this month, isn't it? Eh? Um, it's my podcast, you know. Fuck you if you don't like it. This is this is the only chance I get. This is why I do this shit. Um, but in all seriousness, um, look, I, I'm going to say this because I'm on it. I, no, look, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. If it wasn't all that. You know, I, I, I'd like to think that I am honest enough to say that to you. I would have said that to the band, first of all. Um, but I, I've got to be honest with you guys, because if I'm not honest with you, and I and I don't, you know, as you all know, totally unedited interviews, and the Andy Sneak one that's coming up is a prime example of that. Um, uh, and I have to be honest with you guys, completely honest, a bit like a football pundit, pundit, you know, talking about his mates. Uh, but anyway, uh, sidetracked, World Cup. That was good, wasn't it? Not if you're English, it was shit. Um, and but it could have been worse. Could have been Brazilian. How shit were they? Played football like it was a fucking lunchtime, <laughs> lunchtime in the playground at school. Anyway, um, tangent, and I've forgotten what role I was. Yeah, so yeah, being honest with you, uh, the Suicide Watch track is is an awesome track. I mean, um, that leads nicely into what I, what I've been doing since I saw you guys last. I um I laid down um, guest vocals on a couple of songs on the new Suicide mini album, A Nation Zone, pre-order now, motherfuckers. And um, I, I met up with um, with Rid and the guys and um, at, at the studio. And um, Rid is the vocalist. Hi, Rid. Thank you very much. Very very cool guy. Awesome vocalist. Um, it was it was really cool. I, I I genuinely I don't think ever two vocalists have just been in a room, got their shit done so quickly, encouraged each other, work well together, voices complement each other. It was just a fucking really really good experience. Absolutely loved it. Um, and um, uh, so yeah, I did a cover version of the Peter and the Test Tube Babies song uh, "Student Wankers," which is going to be on the uh, on, on the mini album. I'm not, but the song I'm going to play at the end of the podcast is called uh, "Cursed Earth" or "This Cursed Earth." Um, and um, yeah, it, it's fucking rocking. So anyway, listen out for that. Um, don't fast forward to it now, you cheeky fuckers. Please, just you know, just just fucking easy easy there's plenty of time for that okay don't run over there and fuck one song walk down there and fuck them all hey you like that see what i did there some of you are thinking what the fuck is he talking about and some of you are thinking i know exactly where he's coming from i know exactly what he's talking about well anyway fuck it it's an obscure film reference but you know it's a good one anyway um what do we do uh, right yeah um straight in new albums new albums this month um three albums that i've uh, that i've got down to talk about and that's the new mastodon album first off which is um one more time around the sun um which again hang on right okay yeah here we go regular listeners will be aware of this um this is the sound of the new mastodon album because it's a fucking cd motherfuckers Buy some physical copy, support your bands. If you expect music for free, you're saying to that artist, their music is worthless. Don't be part of the cuntish generation. 
be a decent stand-up person. And if you want art and you want good quality art from good quality artists, put your hand in your pocket and fucking help them out. I mean, what's this? Are they what are they fucking busking? Are they going to be on the streets next to a tube station, fucking uh, starving before you give them money? You know, I mean, Jesus, the, the turnaround is amazing. It really is. But anyway, uh, I sidetracked. Um, so I've been listening to it, and um, I, I've got to say, probably my least favorite album um, so far. Um, I I, I kind of weirdly tried to get into Mastodon around the Leviathan time, failed, got into them around Crack the Sky, went back, all of a sudden liked Leviathan. Don't know what happened there. Um, really liked The Hunter. Um, and and this album, I just I don't know. It's just for me, it just sounds a little bit. Um, I'm not saying they're rested on the laurels. Or it, it's stupid to make observations like that. You, you you're not in the band. You don't know. It just sounds a bit a bit phoned in. A bit a bit just not. It's just not quite there. Just not. It's it's not got the uh, the, the 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 balls and the and and just the songs. Of, that's all I can say. It's, it hasn't got the songs of the hunter. The hunter had some awesome songs. This album has some awesome riffs and some awesome bits, but it, it just seems to be a little bit lacking in songs at times. So there you go. Still want to get them on the podcast um, because they're an awesome bunch of guys um, and, and that would be awesome and I'm, I'm planning to try and get them on. Uh, surprise album of the month. Unbelievable. I, I just, I, I cannot believe what I'm going to say now, right? But surprise album of the month is Body Count manslaughter now just before you say oh fuck off howard I, i'll leave space for you to say that yeah I, fine fair enough fair enough but do not judge me and do not judge the album until you've listened to it it's a fucking surprise of an album it fucking really is um quite simply the best cover version i have heard in years they do a version, um, an updated version of Institutionalised by Suicidal Tendencies and Ice-T has pulled off a fucking masterstroke. He completely updates. The lyrics are completely different apart from the chorus. It's superb. It's brilliant. I suggest you go look for it now. Uh, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It, it is fucking superb. It's not the highlight of the album because cover version being highlight of the album would be stupid. There is some great tracks on there. Back to Rehab. Um... Uh, it springs to mind as one. It's a real surprise, honestly. If uh, I don't like any of Body Body Count's previous material, and if you're like me, that's, then seriously give it a try. And for those of you who've I've seen some feedback on Facebook and stuff like that, I know some of you out there are already onto it, and, and as surprised as I am, it's great. And and it, look, it's not the most amazing metal album you're ever going to hear. The the actual metal itself, yeah, it's not fucking hyper technical. It's not amazing, but. What is different about it is it's fucking Ice T on vocals. You know, it, it's it's this iconic rapper uh, bringing his own bringing his own kind of lyrics and his own kind of phrasing. And he, he's not, you know, he's a genuine rapper on a metal record. So just uh, you know, as a, as an ex vocalist myself, it's just interesting to hear what he brings to the music. Um, it, it's just it's very different because he doesn't have metal roots as it were uh, but it, it just works it works and I urge you all the albums on YouTube go and have a listen to it it's good stuff um, and finally finally um, the much maligned um, the new Mushroom Head album now I, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to say straight off that um, I, I've, I've you know I do like Mushroom Head uh, the album is called The Riotous and the Butterfly um, now, some of you who've just seen pictures of him and thought, yeah, fucking no chance, yeah? Look like fucking rejects from a Tim Burton movie. 
Um, it does look like Nightmare Before Christmas gone wrong. Um, they Don't judge them by the way they look. Quite seriously, there are bits in there that sound like Faith No More. Now, I, now whoa, 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 whoa. I am not saying that they're Faith No More, but I am saying there are bits and pieces in there that sound like Faith No More. They... They, they they are like a more sort of mainstream version, Slipknot sounding, but they don't sound like Slipknot really. It, look, it's quite original. If you've ever been put off by by the look, try and see past that. Give it a listen. Not a bad album at all. It, it's not their best. It's uh, and I'm going to struggle to name standout tracks, but you know, so, so you know how sometimes albums don't have a standout track, but but you know you like it because it, it's just a good general high standard. It, it, it's one of them. So so give it a whirl. Um, so what else has been happening in the world of metal? Um, well, what you're going to be hearing um, uh, in the interview me and Andy Snape is... It's not an interview, it's, it's a talk. It's a chat. We're in the chatosphere. Alan Partridge is back again and live and well. Um, uh, what you're going to hear uh, me and Andy talking about was the fact that Zetro had only just come back into Exodus. Andy also says... <laughs> I, I actually mentioned on the podcast, Andy gives us an exclusive that... Um, uh, Hatriot, Zetro's band, are still going to do the Onslaught tour, which, as it turns out, they're not. Which is a shame, because I was I was keeping that back and going to surprise you all with me and Zetro sitting down, because we haven't seen each other in 20 years, and we were, we, we were like, really tight back in the day, and it was going to be fucking awesome. But anyway, that's not happening. Um, but hopefully I'll get all the guys on when they're over. Um, but, uh, so anyway, yeah, he, he, Zetro's back in Exodus. Good thing, bad thing. Me, personally, can only be good, can't it? I mean, yeah, there is a there's going to be a minority of you out there, you know, who loved Rob Dukes and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I never never really never really got into anything that that they did with Dukes. I know, um, I know the uh, the atrocity exhibition. I think it's called you know A B C D E F G. The whole fucking alphabet um, uh, w- was really good stuff. I could never really, I never really managed to get into those albums. I don't know why, um, but I couldn't. And um, and it, it can only be good. And um, uh, anyway, look, Andy and I touch on it a little bit, so I'm not going to go on too much about that. What I am going to go on a little bit about is uh, is Blackie leaving Voivod. It, fuck me, how old school are we here? You know, Exodus, Slayer, um, I'm, no, I've, I'm Acid Rain. I've kind of covered Mastodon Body Count and, and Mushroom Head, so let's get back to the old school. Um, and for any of you old schoolers, you know, out there, just going like, Mastodon, shit, Body Count, shit, Mushroom Head, shit. Seriously, pull your heads out your asses. It's not 1989 anymore. And just can we get this really fucking clear? Slipknot is not new metal. Slipknot is fucking awesome. And you have got that wrong. You've got that so wrong, it's untrue. Go and listen to the first album and it will blow off your fucking balls slash tits. So I have to say that, yeah, okay? And like I said, old schoolers, I love you, but sometimes... You are a little bit stuck in the 80s, and that, you know that's really no more 80s albums coming out. You know, it might be an idea to just try and give some new bands a listen. Anyway, enough of that pontificating and preaching like a cunt, aren't I? Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Zetra, I told you I was in the mood for talking bollocks tonight. That's why I'm recording it tonight because I'm just fucking. I'm, I'm in the mood. I'm in a mood to to talk some bollocks, and it's roasting in here, and I can't actually. I'm going to see. Bear with me a second. Um, I had to shut the fucking door to my balcony where the pigeons were, right? I've got to open it up. It's a hot one tonight. And um, I had to shut that earlier because when I started recording, um, neighbours' kids were outside making a fucking noise. Kids, don't you love them? Can't live with them. Can't bury them in the fucking garden. Um, (laughs) High chest, of course. Um, 
Actually, the kids' parents, right, my, my next-door neighbours, um, are Polish. And we used to chat and just pass the time of day. And then one day, he was cleaning his car, and I had my balcony window open. And he was blasting fucking um, Chaos AD in the car stereo while he was cleaning the car. And I'd lived here about three years, never had a clue, because he just, like, looks casual, you know. I was like, fucking hell, that's, that's Sepultura, isn't it? Ever since then... It's awesome. We drop we drop CDs into each other's letterboxes because we just go across the road and drop them into each other's letterboxes, and that's how we share music. And we're always chatting and stuff. And he's a fucking top guy. And when I was laid up last year with my after I had my knee operation, he was he was like just so helpful. It was really cool. And I actually dropped a CD of the uh, the the new um, Suicide Watch mini album Alien Nation Zone um, available for pre order. Uh, motherfuckers. Um, oh, look, there you go. As soon as I open the window, what do we get? Oh, I was going to say, that was a motorbike, but you can't get a more metal sound than a motorbike, can you? So we'll fucking leave that in, because this is about as professional as a fucking Oxfam shop. Um, but anyway, it's a fucking Oxfam shop in this, up in this bitch. So anyway, that's how, that's, uh, I dro- oh yeah, he dropped him the Suicide Watch album, and, he, and saw him today, and he just went fucking awesome, fucking amazing. And just as I said that, how weird is this? My phone is lying right on right next to the mic because that's where I have my notes of what we're going to talk about we <laughs> what I'm going to like fill your ears with and I've, as I said that a message came through from Simon from Suicide Watch <laughs> um, he's just cleaning up uh, baby sick at the moment so <laughs> there you go sorry about that Simon sorry to let everybody in on more than you care to, for them to know about you but you know uh, <laughs> that was just fucking weird um, right okay anyway oh god fucking Oh, awesome. I've had another message. And yeah, anyway, can't go into that. Right. Uh, it's about something else. It's still about metal because that's all the messages in my phone. They're all about metal. It's just metal. All metal. All the time. So, fucking hell. That's. Even for regular listeners, that is a fucking. That's a tangent and a half right there, isn't it? Um, but luckily, I do still have the notes. <coughs> uh, sorry about that. <laughs> this is so not edited. Um, so, anyway. Um, where were we? Uh, I, I I have gone up my arse a little bit um, with that. Yeah, so, yeah, Zetro back in the day. I've uh, gone all over the place there, haven't I? Well, what I was getting to, wherever where I was going with that, um, what I was getting to um, was, um, after Zetro being back in the... Black, uh, Blackie being back in Voivod, which is fucking awesome. That was the tangent. I went off on new school, old school. Thank you. My weed-battered brain has just recovered. Phew. Um... Yeah, Blackie uh, has left Voivod, which is obviously bad news, um, uh, but he's already been replaced. Good news. Um, that's cool. Uh, as as um, Voivod march on with only two original members, and I posed the question on the Acid Rain Facebook page um, uh, to, uh, this week, Acid Rain, uh, sorry, facebook.com forward slash Acid Rain Thrash. Um, how come Voivod are getting like, you know, oh great, they're still going and there's only two original members and Slayer are getting trashed for only having two original members. And and I, I, I need to address I need to address some stuff that was that was on the um that was on the uh, uh, a lot of comments on there. Now look, A I am not the Oracle of all Norwich, I am not claiming to know everything and if I come across like that in the next five minutes, then I apologize. That isn't that that, that is not intended, but um yeah, it, I'll get to that. Um, and secondly, I'm not a Kerry King or Tom Araya, because Kerry King seems to be getting all the shit for this. I'm not a Kerry King or Tom Araya apologist. Um, but what I would say is that I have read the recent um, 
biography that was released um, called um, Slayer uh, 66.6, the Jeff and Dave years. And there's some really fascinating stuff in there. And it, and, and when it was written, Dave had just left. And there is some really interesting stuff in there. Dave Lombardo was going through a divorce, uh, a very expensive, very messy divorce. Um, his wife claims in divorce papers that uh, Lombardo uh, deliberately um, uh, basically um, hijacked, hijacked um, well, dumped on, on Kerry and Tom two weeks before they were due to go on tour in Australia that he wanted a 25% share of the band back, which he had forfeited the first time he left. That's how it works, by the way. That's not anyone being cunts. That's how it works. Um, and the reason he'd done it was he timed it perfectly because he wanted, he was basically holding them to ransom two weeks before a two weeks before the tour. Now the danger of holding anyone to ransom is somebody decides not to pay the ransom and someone ends up getting their fucking head chopped off, their balls cut off, or in fact sacked. Um, uh, and, and that and that's what happened apparently. Now I'm like I said, I've done my homework. Okay, uh, what I'm asking is is just that it's very easy. To just to read stories in the press that that are written with a an agenda behind them and press releases that are written with an agenda behind them and decide well you don't like Kerry King and after all you've come up with the middle name of Burger get it Burger Kerry Burger King and um, and so you're just going to blame him and Tom Araya's blameless and and Dave Lombardo's a saint or oh, the way the way they've treated Dave Lombardo is disgraceful really you know that for a fact do you you were in the room you know what happened no I'm not saying I was in the room I'm not saying I know what happened but I I have done a little bit more research than just read what I've been fed by the two warring camps it's just not that simple do some research you can find it now I, look I appreciate I know I sound like a complete metal spod here and there's people saying going, Howard I have not got the fucking time patience or effort to, to, to look into it fine but if you haven't do be aware that the opinions you express are therefore half baked and not as knowledgeable as they need to be. It's very easy to jump on the bandwagon of hate Kerry King. And I'm not a Kerry King apologist. But what I'm saying is, Dave Lombardo pulled a dick move. He pulled a dick move, and, and even more of a dick, he absolutely no way saw getting sacked coming. Because the reason he hold, the reason he, the reason he played it was because he needed a pay rise. He needed more money because of his, his divorce and, and the way the settlement's going. So definitely, a man needing more money does not pull that kind of trick where, when he thinks he could end up with him being unemployed. Well, you know, he, he took a roll of the dice and he came up with a one and, and it, it turned to shit. Now, I think all three parties are to blame. The whole thing has been an absolute fucking car crash and, and it's very, very, very sad to see. But I'm just saying, look, there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side and there's the truth. Okay, so yeah, what am I? I I I just felt I had to say that. I don't know why, um, but it, it, I guess what I'm saying is, as with anything, whether it's the news, it doesn't matter whether it's like whether it's metal or whether it's Gaza or whether it's um, uh, Birmingham schools in the UK supposedly being infiltrated with Muslims uh, to to promote a Muslim agenda. It, it, whatever it is, don't just fucking sit. And listen and go, oh, I have all the facts now because I've listened to one story because I've read one website. If you want to express opinions and you and you and you want to and, and you know, you're interested in the subject. Let's let's just do some research. You've got the greatest research tool ever known to mankind at your fingertips. So 
a little knowledge goes a long way. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, forgive me if I sound a bit preachy at all there. Didn't mean to. Uh, my apologies if that's the way it's come off, but it's my podcast. My heart's in the right place. So, you know, fucking deal with it. Moving on. Um, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park thinks that uh, music festivals are killing live music. No, Chester, you're killing festivals with your shit music. End of fucking story. St- I mean, Jesus Christ, did anybody see that set at download? I saw highlights of it on the TV. Fucking hell. More life in an episode of Thunderbirds. They are. Oh, I, I, just like, it was It was like a bunch of shop window fucking dummies. It was like, it, it was it fucking embarrassing. You know, and there's, one, and there's one, he's still got that one speaker on his fucking head, like some weird deaf guy. And Chester Bennington has got all the fucking charisma of an empty bag of crisps. Um, and as for the rapper dude, I, I mean, dude, you got chops, you can rap, you can make, you can write songs, but live, you're a boring cunt like the rest of them. Jesus Christ. For Chester Bennington to come out and say, having just headlined one of the biggest festivals in Europe, he's got the cheek to then come out. So take the payday with the one hand, yeah? Take the payday with the one hand, and then the minute you've done the gig, slag off live festivals. What a cunt. What an absolute cunt. And just to prove he's a massive cunt, he goes and sings in fucking Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, no, is it not? not is it Stone Temple? Yeah, he was, was he doing that? Or was it? Look, either way, whether it's Stone Temple Pilots or whether he's doing that fucking Velvet Revolver, either way, cunt. Abs- just, what a twat. Um, I will, n- and by the way, if you're old school and you hate Linkin Park, you're fucking right. And if you're new school and you like Linkin Park, you're fucking wrong. And if, in fact, if you just like them, you're wrong. Anyway, uh, the only decent album they've done, fucking Jay-Z was on, and he just basically improved the album by by 100%. How did he do that? Because he's got talent, that's why. He doesn't rely on a fucking computer. So, really gone off it about there. Um, so, um, Metallica played Glastonbury. Uh, Glastallica, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big old story, isn't it? Do you know what? There, there is other things I want to talk to you about, but I, I'm going to rest it there because it's 20, we're 26 minutes in now, actually, by the time the intro's on, it'll be a little bit longer. By the way, if anybody's wondering what that intro is I play every week, it's a Creative Restraint, Creative Restraint by Acid Rain, who've got a new collection coming out called the Apple Core Archives, yada yada, you know where I'm coming from. It's about time we got into an interview, isn't it? And some of you who fast forward the first part, I'd like to think that's none of you, but I am. I, 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 I am realistic and self-aware to, uh, enough to know that some of you will just skip past it all and go, fuck me, is he still rabbiting? Just to get to the interview, fair enough, cool. If that's what you tune in for, that's what you tune in for. So, let's get to the interview. The scene is uh, at Muswell Hill in London. Andy Sneap has come down to London uh, to be, he's doing a charity bike ride the following day um, up to download. Uh, He's doing it with Rod Smallwood and a load of other guys. And um, so we meet up in um, in a curry house in um, uh, in uh, where did I just say fucking what's my memory like Muswell Hill so we meet up in a, in a curry house um, uh, it was Andy and Kev from from hell were there not Kev from Acid Rain um, and, uh, and we sat and we just it was great I just rocked up and was like alright mate alright mate alright sit down have you ordered yet no nah. do you want a beer yeah get the beers and we just picked up and one of the first things Andy said we literally said hi for a couple of minutes and then one of the first things he he, he just looked at me and he just went Rick Mail, eh? I was like, yeah, I know. Shit, isn't it? 
and um, and and he just died, and uh, and we probably spent about the next ten or fifteen minutes just talking about Rick Mail and and all the rest of it, because that's the way we rock. We you know we go back a long way. We don't have to talk about metal all the time, although that is what you're going to be listening to. Don't worry, it's not us talking about our shopping and how much we like films. Um, so what you're going to hear is um is basically um uh, we had a few beers, we had a curry, went back to the hotel. Uh, Kev um left us to it. Um, don't blame him. And um, and we sat down in the in the bar of the hotel and we just chatted. Um, there's nobody else around, but being me and being unedited podcasts, um, what you will hear is a guy starts banging on the door because all these cyclists start turning up in the middle of the fucking night. Because I, I, we we were doing this between about eleven and midnight, and all these cyclists started turning up from all parts of the country to to do this ride. So they're all turning up in all their fucking you know spandex, fucking weirdo, semi S and M gear. With their bikes, and this one dick is banging on the window, and he's trying to get. Him. I was like, "Look, mate, he's banging on the door." I was like, "Look, mate, I can't open the fucking door. I don't work here." And he's like, oh, oh, oh. So eventually, he goes round to the main door, and um, and can and, and 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 his powers of being a dick were very impressive. He manages to come in, and you'll be able to hear him clattering around in the background, um, and you'll hear him say, "Oh, we're just doing an interview." Like, he only fucking just sits down. Uh, about about ten feet away on the sofa opposite me and Andy, and decides he's going to listen to the interview and listen into the podcast. So bear in mind, after I let this guy in, this cunt is just sat there for the whole time. Unbelievable, unbelievable. By the way, uh, I did tell him that this was. <laughs> I did tell him that this was a podcast under the name. So if by chance you're listening to this, Mister Cyclist. I know I have just referred to you as a cunt, and I have taken a piss. I do apologise. He was actually very nice, and um, and he certainly knew his shit about music. So I, I apologise for that, mate. I think I'm just I'm showing off in front of my friends on uh, on the podcast here. I do apologise. So anyway, let's get to it. Me and Andy talking old school, talking all sorts. Enjoy. Um, right yep, here we are. Um, so um, let me set the scene for you guys. Um, I am with my um, my uh, my old mate um, Andy Sneap. We are in the Roseview Hotel in uh, North London. Andy is about to do a charity bike ride tomorrow, um, which uh, should be um... painful. Yeah, <laughs> very painful. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, um, and um, uh, we've had a we've had a very we've had a lovely uh, we've had a lovely curry and a couple of beers and told all the stories that we can't tell on this podcast, um, and. Um, uh, and so, yeah. Now we can we can begin. We were actually we sat in the bar. Um, it's, it's empty. Yeah, yeah that is empty. Um, and there's no um, there, there's no background noise, which makes a change for um, for these podcasts. Um, but um, so anyway, Andy, um, as I was saying earlier, um, I don't want to go like overall ground, but um, we've known each other for twenty six. yeah twenty six twenty six years. years yeah. 26 years, which is absolutely frightening. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the Especially weird... for saying you still look like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. very, that's very kind of you. Yeah. And you look like Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually sapped your age from you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm exaggerating it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weird thing is, by the way, um, people, um, I'm, I'm actually going to turn the laptop the other way, right? So Because... Andy can't take his eyes off the audio Yeah, graph. I'm looking at the for yeah, 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 he's, he's, That's yeah. all I do all day is look at that yeah, screen. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we came in this room and he started, he started clapping, going, oh, I don't know about the acoustics in here, can we put some curtains up? <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, yeah 20, 26 years. It's, um, and the, I was going to say the weird thing is, 
that um, uh, every time I mean because we you know, go a good few years without seeing each other and then and then when and then when we meet up. It, it feels like it feels like you like you just walked out of the room and came back in again. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, the, the, the thing with I think with, with you and with me as well, we, we were in a very similar situation when we were kids in bands because we were kind of the guys driving the bands, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, with, not not disrespecting any other members of the bands we were in, but um, we, we used to be in touch, you know, back in the eighties because we were the guys that were sending the demos out and we, we kind of got the vision and the business mind about us yeah um yeah like stan who was in zentrix as well and there's yeah. a, few, a few of us on the scene back then who were we're kind of all still in touch now you know we're, we've yeah. all done something within the business um and it's always been nice when we've got together again and we've talked about old times because we've we've always related back to it and had stories to tell about it and it's yeah. you know it, it's it's like you say, it's like the, the years just melt away, don't they? So. Well, exactly. Well, it was like tonight when I walked in. I walked into the uh, walked into the curry house, and you're like, "All right, mate. All right, shake yeah, hands." Yeah. And uh, within five minutes, it was just like, "Yeah, talking shit." Yeah, talking shit. Paul, Kev, Kev, yeah. Kevin, the uh, other guitarist from Hell, was uh, was at the uh, the curry house with us as well. Who's just had to sit and listen to us talk shit for uh, a couple of hours. For a couple of hours, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it, it is. I I remember getting a letter from you. Um, uh, I'm not going to explain what a letter is for anybody listening who doesn't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, if you're too young, uh, duck, duck, go it. Um, so um, I got a letter from you, and it was like, um, I think you, I'd I'd done an interview in Kerrang or something like that, and mentioned that we'd done a really pro demo. You know, mm. the, well, you got colour, colour. Yeah, you yeah. got full colour print. I remember. Yeah. Full colour. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, your parents had obviously invested money yeah. into the band, you know. That's it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, the, totally. the only reason Sam had a colour cover was because my dad had a colour photocopier. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't actually colour, we could put coloured paper to it and it'd do another. That's how we had the newsletter out all the time. And we had a photocopier access, you know. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so we did. Um, that set us apart from Onslaught. <laughs> This is bizarre. Yeah, it did set us apart from us, by the way. It's bizarre. I've got a um, some guy wants some guy wants letting in the hotel. This is this is this, these are, um, this is proof. This is unedited, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let some bloke in into your hotel. Can you open that door? No. No, he's got to go around the other door. Send him to the other door. Can't get the stuff, can you? No, you can't. Fucking cyclist. Oh, you might want to bus. Yeah. Pay some hotels. Yeah. Um, he's got a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must be then. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. going. He's going on a quest as well. Where no, are you cycling no, to? No, that's piece of delivery, if ever I saw it. Where are you cycling to? Not Mordor, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandra Palace to uh, Donington. Yeah. Uh, is that that's the buzzer going on? That's not. That, that's the Archer's sound effects library in the background. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, you were saying about um, uh, yeah we had the yeah we had the full color tapes, and I remember you sent me a letter. I'd done an interview saying like, well, we, we made we made our demos look as professional as possible. Yeah. Um, because we thought, well, that's the way to get. Because the music shit, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is. You're dead right. I mean, and, and that still you know it stands strong, doesn't it? You know, you, you always present something. Um, you make a, an initial impression with anything, you know, so yeah. even if it's just a job yeah. interview. You know, you've got to make an initial impression, and that's what Sabbath always did, and it's what you guys did, and it's what kind of put us in those that league above 
you know, the, the, the yeah, average band, didn't that, it? That's, you know? that's what put us in. What, yeah. is, what is now, I don't know if you saw that thing on Facebook the other day that's been doing the rounds, the, uh, the UK Thrash Big Four. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Onslaught, Sabbath, um, Zentrix, Acid Rain. Um, what about Slammer? Well, the last they time... Warner, yeah, 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 but la- yeah, but last I heard, everybody was blaming them for, for UK Thrash falling apart. No, I think um, that's Lomo Death, isn't it? Well, I, you know, I think that's this very day. Yeah. Lomo Death, or as I like to call them, I knew the, I knew the, side I, I knew the Sabbath reunion was over. It wasn't when me and Martin fell out. It was when Lomo Death got back together. You know, that was <laughs> it. That's when the Thrash thing's dead. <laughs> and the, I, the, the, weird thing about, the weird thing about that as well is that they're, they're like... They're, they're bigger than they're bigger than they ever were. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think it's brilliant what they've done. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's but yeah. To go back to that, yeah, you, of course it makes an, you know, you're going to make an impression. Yeah. Um, and I remember you. I, I remember you writing to me saying that I totally agree about what you said. You know, that's that that is exactly. You know, that, that's exactly the way we see it as well. Mm. And we were trading letters, and I think your girlfriend at the time contacted us or contacted me without you knowing mm. and invited us to your your 18th birthday yeah, yeah. I think she'd gone through every, every I mean there's lo- yeah because like, like we were talking about earlier you turned up at that and it was total bedlam wasn't it that party and you were on your way down to London for show at the Astoria yeah um, Death Angel show yeah was that that wasn't we'd met each other before that though hadn't we well we'd met at the gig remember the clowning so we, gig we, we, we met at the clowning gig yeah, um, yeah. But, but that but the second time we met was it's the party. Was the party? Yeah, we, yeah. Ro- we rocked up, and uh, I mean, you lot were already on the way. But um, I mean, soon bedlam ensued, and there's the Lomo guys were there as well, weren't they? The Lomo guys were there, and I, oh fucking hell! Do you know what I've just remembered? What? We were talking about this earlier, people listening, right? Um, you know, you said like because Kev, we'll, we'll get to what happened to Kev on this line, right? But yeah. um, Kev got really well, got very very pissed quicker than everybody else, as he's apt to do. And, and if you remember, you've just totally reminded me of something. Kev got the lawnmower out of your out of your like uh, shed, shed yeah. well, right? And do you remember? It, he shouted at the top of his voice. He was shouting, he said, "This is lawnmower death." And he threw the lawnmower over your uh, over your over fence, the edge, yeah, yeah, over yeah, the edge yeah, into yeah. next door's garden. Yeah. So I remember him shouting, "This yeah. is lawnmower death." Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, and, he, and I would imagine he killed that lawnmower as well. Probably, but, um, yeah. But but um, that that night didn't end too well for Kev. Um, uh, in Acid Brain's career, we were only censored a couple of times. One of the time, and both were on those collages on the inside of a couple of albums. Mm. One was when we had um, there was a picture in Kerrang, and it was Joe Elliott with his arm around Rick Allen, and they were going like, "Way!" And Rick Allen had his um. Uh, um uh, Joe, Joe Elliott had like um, a mic in his hand or a beer in his hand and, and what we'd done is this little collage I think Stilly did it or Kev did it but what they did was they then cut Rick Allen's arm off right drew lots of blood coming out of it and then took the um, took the mic out of Joe Elliott's hand and put Rick put Allen's arm, arm, in arm in it and we had that as a cartoon and we, and, and we were told we couldn't use that um, and the other one was um, a photo from that night of um, uh, Kev shitting himself. Falling um, yeah. yeah, and f- yeah, falling. You remember all of this, yeah. don't you? 
Yes, you. Excellent. Hi. Uh, this is the um, this is the guy. Uh, uh, this is the guy who was banging on the door earlier. Hello, mate. Hi. I know. Uh, we're just doing an interview. So, <laughs> so we'll have to catch up with you in a bit. <laughs> Cheers. Um, so yeah, um, that that was the highlight that night, wasn't it? Really, it was. And uh, what a highlight it was! <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there that um, that you and uh, you casually mentioned it, and if you noticed that you and Martin have fallen out, um, and it, it happens every ten years, really. You know? yeah. yeah, and and as 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 you, I mean, you've sort of intimated not publicly, but certainly privately, which is now moved publicly to. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, that it's not, you know, Sabbath's not something you're interested in doing again. Mm. Is that? No, does I'm, that not, I'm not going there again. I mean, I, I, you know, you know, we, we, after all the, the the stress and hassle of it, we got back together in 2006, and you know, we did those cradle gigs, and then we went out to America, did some shows out there, and then we did a, a little run. You know, we did a lot of festivals in Europe, and then did a little run in the UK. And it, by the end of that, it was just like it was time to just knock it on the head to be honest right. there's too many sort of old old things cropping up again and it, it, it's just not worth the stress you know and I, now I'm doing the health thing you know with, with how busy I am in my schedule with, with the, the production side of things and how well hell's going um, I, well, in other words why would you do it yeah why would I do it I, mean, I, I just don't want I just don't want that stress in my life and you know I'm, I'm not going to knock Martin you know, we've had enough arguments in, in, down the line, but he's, he's free to do what he wants and let him do his thing. And, you know, he, he, he needs to do his own thing, I think. It's too much, you know, too much sort of banging the heads and clashing when we're together. So I'd rather him just be happy and do his thing, you know. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. I'd rather just do my thing, um, you know, and, you know, I, I just... I, I wish him well. I mean, I, I know he, he's, he hasn't got a good thing to say about me, uh, but <laughs> well, he hasn't. But I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, I just singers, singers, mate. You yeah, know, I just, I just rather he did, if if he's not happy being in a band with me, I'd rather him be happy doing his own thing. Um, yeah. And I've, I've I've offered to help him out doing it, and I've offered to, you know, I even offered him a load of shirts to help him out. You know, the old Sabbath shirts and stuff. But yeah. It's always come come back at me full force. So well, you did not... you did have a rather public um, falling out. Well, I Facebook, didn't. didn't you? I didn't. I wasn't the one accusing <laughs> anything, you know. Um, but what, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, to be fair, you did play pretty much a straight, a, a kind of dead bat to, to to everything. Well, I haven't. I haven't got any reason not to like him. I, I just don't know why it's always a conflict, you know. And. Uh, I tell you what. I tell you what was funny though. When you had that big Facebook fallout, it was like a who's who of it was like a who's who of thrash metal um, ch- chiming in. There was like, it was like James Murphy. Oh, I haven't seen that name for a while. Yeah, you got it. You know? Yeah, but it's just I don't know. There's no need for it. You know, no, no need for it. And it's I I I'd rather it just didn't go there all the time. I'd rather it, it was just you know I do my thing. I'll, I'll work with the people that I go on with and, you know, he can do his thing and there's room for everyone, you know. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah. Of course there is. I mean, um, funnily enough, talking about, we were saying earlier about um, uh, that we, you know, we don't see each other for years and then um, and then hook up and uh, it, 
occasionally we go through bouts of texting and whatsapping as well yeah. and um and uh when we were texting recently you suddenly you you totally totally caught me off guard when you said um uh, to give a bit of backstory um andy and i i don't remember anyone else being there just me and you backstage donnington oh yeah 1988 yeah. Yeah, it, it, no, it been eight, I think it was the year Maiden Redline, 88 with I Kiss. Know it was, yeah. but do you know what? Do you know what I remember? I yeah. remember Pepsi Tate getting beaten up over the fence. Are you I remember, yeah. that <laughs> no, I remember that. And I also remember, I remember we went out, we went out to go and watch Megadeth. How's the irony of that? Yeah. Um, we went out to go and watch Megadeth. And it's when you had your really long straight hair. Mm. And what happened was I followed you through the crowd and you kept getting your hair trapped by people. And eventually we stayed for about five minutes and Megan and we're like, fuck this, I'm fucking sick of this. We tried to um, get in under the sanctuary tent, didn't we? Remember that? Well, that, yeah. I don't, when you say we, I think what you mean by that is you kept a lookout, right? <laughs> right? Whilst I... You were, being, you were small enough yeah, to yeah, fit yeah, under. Yeah, well, yeah. I hardly had to bend down to get, under, to get under the tent to try and get into the sanctuary music tent. Mm. Of course, again, the irony being that, you know, you're, you're going doing a bike ride with Rod Smallwood tomorrow. But I also thought about that. And you, I'd completely forgotten about it. Do you remember? It was his son on, on the door, wasn't it? I was it? just going to say, do you the remember the guy on the door? Doing the barbecue, giving us all the free outlaws as yeah, well. Yeah, he was wearing a coat or something, wasn't he? It was yeah. like, yeah. He was he was all right, yeah. but um, it that was that was mental, and then, and of course when we bumped into Andy Crane as well, yeah, of um of then children's TV, who yeah. was really he was there to see Bon Jovi, wasn't he, or something, or he's into Bon Jovi. I remember him mentioning that. Yeah, it was, it was, I was very pissed. Yeah, I was very pissed, but um, but also. Um, we uh, as well, wasn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah, we I'd we, forgotten about that until he mentioned it. I forgot we've, we've been chatting to him at that one. Yeah, so we yeah. we we spent about ten minutes chatting to Lars Ulrich, mm. and because um, he because you were like, they were like, oh, what bands are you in? And I was like, oh, I'm in a band called Acid Rain. He was like, all oh, right, okay. So mm. like, oh, great, mm. never heard of us. And then you said, yeah, and I'm in a band called Sabbath. And he went, oh right, and he's like sort of Danish, like, oh yeah, yeah, you guys, you did the. Uh, that's a fucking awful impression. Um, <laughs> oh, it wasn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you guys did the, uh, did the Astoria, you know. Yeah, you, yeah uh, he came out of that. He, he, he fucking, came out uh, of that. You had the fucking security thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I'd met Lars. Um, they were doing the, the, the uh, pre-production to Master <laughs> of Puppets. Did you say I met Lars? Want to yeah. meet Lars? Want to meet Lars? Huh? <laughs> have you have you seen Mission to Lars? No, I've not. Right, right, it's okay. lost on me. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Anybody out there who has seen it, you'll get that. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I apologise. No, we, we met him on the um, on the, on the pre-production for the Master Puppets tour because they were in Nottingham. I think he had a, a girlfriend in Nottingham or something. And him and James uh, came down to Rock City one night, and we, we were chatting to him. And then we we went uh, backstage at a couple of shows on the Puppets tour. I think it was Sheffield. And gave them the Sabbath. Um, I was out with, front at with, Sheffield. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. With uh, with anthrax on it and spitting. Yeah, it's only three quarters full. Yeah. Bart Barker was on the balcony, by the way, at that one. Bloody hell, really? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. But he couldn't, couldn't get in the stalls. But well, I was in the stalls. I was in the stalls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, I, I gave them one of the colour covered Sabbath tapes. See, and they remembered me for it. Well, I uh, at so that it gig, works. Well, at that yeah, that gig, I gave. Um, I gave Cliff Burton yeah. a copy of our demo, yeah. um, and he was he was dead nine days later. So um, <laughs> you know, I don't think we had anything to do with it, but, it, but that was our first demo, and it was shit. And yeah. to be fair, it wasn't the colour cover either. No, well, you got, if it were colour, it yeah. might still be here. It's fucking my fault, isn't it? Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah. Um, 
That's I, well, actually, that's an interesting sort of um, that, that gives us a, an interesting insight to like where our bands were because I think it was our first demo. Eighty six, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was September our first 86. demo. I was trying yeah. to, I was trying to palm off on him. The yeah. one that got us um, got us turned down by Mark Palmer, who was at MFN at the time. Mm. Um, who interestingly enough, is my A and R guy now. Yeah. And, yeah, and I met for the first time because mm. I remember when 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 Music for Nation signed us. Yeah. Uh, Mimi was still friends with Mark and she said oh, we've, we've signed these things about acid rain he goes oh no why they're shit fair point he yeah. had the first demo and, and it is shit mm. um, and um, so you were, you, were, you were producing demos with colour covers and we was we were still like churning out this two colour thing. though it wasn't full colour like Moshkin sign or whatever it was well you know what can I say yeah. what can I say yeah. um, and actually um uh, here's an amazing fact for, for those of you who don't know listening but um, uh, Andy um, Andy actually played in Acid Rain for, for one show um, brought, brought the level up slightly without a doubt yeah. yeah I mean by like you know you turned the back line up yeah um, but <laughs> other than that uh, you weren't very good you, you, you never looked comfortable in Bermuda shorts you well, really weird, didn't yeah, no. you, yeah. yeah I mean it's like you looked like you wanted to be dressed like Sean Beam in Game of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you just, that's how you're comfortable well, I remember rehearsing for that three, learning the whole set in like an hour or something and then, you uh, fucking liar! You <laughs> came up and stayed at my house for like two days. Yeah, but I wasn't doing anything. It was about an hour or something. It was uh, it was creative respect. Did, did we just listen to prong for two and a half days or something? Yes, probably. Yeah, um, <laughs> but then just just before the gig, you pulled out those pink and yellow shorts that were actually voted like some of the worst shorts in Sounds magazine or something, weren't they? Yeah. And it was like you're wearing these. I'm like you motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. But I did wear them. You got to give me credit. I think I did stage dive at that gig as well. Oh, I'd completely forgot about that. I watched it recently, yeah. and you did. Yeah. And you did. But do you know what? Um, because uh, we are, we're going to post the um, gonna post the gig up soon. Yeah. But the um, the best thing about that gig is my uh, hair. I, uh, uh, no, not oh. your hair. But oh. you'll probably watch it back and go, no, it's definitely my hair. <laughs> um, the best thing about that gig yeah. is that is that every time. Um, oh Kev Kev gets yeah. a chance yeah, yeah, yeah. he's either over your side, side of the stage and you know Kev he'll yeah. stop playing for any reason yeah. and he just stopped playing and just start pointing at you and just going it's Andy Steve <laughs> it's Andy and then after about three songs Kev yeah. just goes up to the mic and goes uh, uh, is it me or is that Andy Snape over there and it's like but he just does it for the whole gig just like relentless it just never stops that's one of your last gigs aren't it um, yes, it was probably that, and then we did the Jokes on Us tour, yeah. um, and then and then the final gig, and that was it. So yeah, yeah. It was, it's funny, wasn't it? You know, when the thrash thing died, you got a real set. You knew it was happening, didn't you? It was just like, well, I I, I don't know if I don't know if you remember this, right? But um, we announced we were splitting up mm. the following week. You announced you were splitting up, and mm. two weeks later, Onslaught split up. Yeah, um, and. It always makes me. We have. I've had. I've interviewed um, uh, Reanimator and Zentrix yeah. um, and Bomb, sort of modern UK thrasher. And, and I, I was talking to Chris Astley at Zentrix because he was. He's on that interview for that British thrash documentary. And there's yeah. a trailer. And he said, like, you know, I, I can't remember, like, why sort of UK thrash died. You know, why mm. was that? And he and he did. Um, and, and he, he tells this story like they went in they went in to record the latest album <laughs> when they came out everybody had split up mm. I was like alright oh, oh, that's it then mm. yeah it's over but it's it, 
it, it's easy. I mean, it's like we, well, we, you know, we weren't, we weren't good enough. None no. of us were. Uh, I've said this so many times. I did an interview with uh, in that Metal Hammer Thrash thing that came out a few weeks ago, and um, they were going, "Well, what did you think of the, the UK thrash scene?" I was like, "It was average at best." Yeah. You know, compared to the Americans, the Americans had us all over, didn't yeah. they? You know, we we could the the the, the level of professionalism in, in the American bands compared to the UK was so much higher and people look back at it with real rose-tinted glasses. It wasn't as good as what people think. And the scene was smaller. Um, I mean, it was good. Obviously, it was fun and it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was an exciting time for people and if you were part of it, it was, it, you know, which we both were, it, it was a good time, you know, when you're a young kid to be part of it. But it was nothing that was going to make you a living and nothing that was going to be groundbreaking, to be honest. Well, there was, there yeah. was never going to be any longevity. No. And, and one, thing that's true, one thing that's true of, um, uh, of the American music market is if, if you're going to break in, in the US as a UK band, you've mm. got to bring something to the table that is exclusively... UK, mm. that you know, that but people in, weren't even that, interested in anything UK. At well, the time. Well, yeah. well, no, but the thing is, what I'm, what I'm saying badly is mm. that thrash um, originated in the states. So you're not going to do it better, are you? you no, yeah. you're not, because yeah. you're always going to be seen as a knockoff. Yeah, you're, you're on that second wind, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the irony is, back in the day, we used to sit there and laugh at Tiger Tales and go, "Oh, look at the state of them. They're singing about." You know, they're singing about cruising for chicks on the Broadway and they're from fucking Cardiff. Mm. And it's like, well, we were no better. We, yeah. were, we were thrash bands, which is essentially American metal. We were playing American music. Mm. You look but, at, but then you, you look at what was going on in America at the time the, and the glam thing was fucking ten times bigger than the thrash scene at the time. Yeah. You know, the thrash bands were, were, were the underground then. So, um, you know, we were like the underground of the underground almost. You know, it was total... You know, it, well, it, you're never going to earn a living at it, to be honest. Well, certainly if you were on Noise Records, you weren't. No. <laughs> As many bands will testify. You, you weren't yeah. even going to earn royalties for the records you I did still, sell. I'll tell you this now. I still get royalty statements every six months from Universal now because they own the rights to Noise, and I'm still £60,000 in debt to them. Why they even bother printing that royalty statement to me? I'm Which is costing to... them money to tell you yeah. that you owe them money. Yeah. 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 Last time I heard, um, I, I think we're similarly more. I think probably about seventy-five k. Yeah. Um, Music for Nations were in the hole for Acid Rain, mm. which for some people will be listening now and they'll go like, "Fucking hell, that, that's seventy-five thousand in old money." By yeah. the way, yeah, that's yeah. like that's been owed for over twenty years. Yeah. So, um, but the and, and the beauty of that is is that um, is that the label is like we still owe that money to the label, but we own all rights to all the albums. So we can actually re-release all the albums and not pay them a penny. You see, we can't. We, we don't own the rights. So. Yeah. Or everything came back to us after 10 years. Yeah. So literally just... See, your licensed. parents probably paid for a lawyer. We went to the Musicians' Union. Don't uh, do that, kids. <laughs> truth is, yeah. truth is, yeah. no, they didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, what happened was my cousin um, worked for Island Records mm. and he put us in touch with a music business lawyer. He... Um, he was engineer on Permanent Waves. Mm. Um, he helped Alex Lifeson record, because it's called Permanent Waves, because one of the guitar solos is recorded from across a lake. They went and set up over the other side of the lake, and they recorded it from the other side of the lake to catch the, you know, the music resonating over the waves, hence bit, Permanent Waves. Bit of bullshit there, isn't it? Bit of bullshit there, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, really. Yeah. But they were doing a lot of drugs, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll, so, I'll do the drugs with them, and it will seem like a great idea. <laughs> 
I'll just put a mic yeah. over here, lads. Yeah, call me when it's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Half for a swim. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he, so he pointed in the direction of a of a music business lawyer, and the, and the, and the first thing that, me, that the music business lawyer did was um, increase all the advances, increase all the budgets. I mean, and paid for himself straight away. Mm. I mean, you know, it was it was a it was a no brainer, but. Well, it wasn't a no-brainer because apparently going to the musicians' union seemed like a good idea. Well, it did at the time. But what amazes me, right? My parents—I mean, my dad especially—you know, a good businessman. You know, he's got his eighteen-year-old son about to sign a contract. Never even suggested going to a music lawyer. Right. I mean, it's like, Dad. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. I was seventeen. I had to get my dad to countersign. Well, I had to wait. I had to wait till I was eighteen to sign the contract. Yeah. Ah, uh, my my dad countersigned it yeah. to make it legally binding. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Mm. Fucking hell. I remember being in being Music for Nations office and we were like sat on the sofa and I remember Gaz going, God, just think we're like possessed. Probably sat on the sofa. Mm. You know. It's like Ooh. <laughs> 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 and Larry Lalonde was later to go on playing Primus. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they were, they were exciting times. I mean yeah. they were they were they and they and let's face it, I mean, you know, the kind of fucking crazy shit that you see on YouTube of like our old shows and stuff like that. It's just it's you know, they're, they're times that are just never gonna happen again, they'll never be repeated. They were they were just fucking awesome. I mean I was I was I was in um I was in the um the Montague Pike on Saturday or the Marquee as it used to be known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and just being sat in there and thinking this place used to be just absolutely round. We we used to hold the uh, the record for the most amount of people in there besides KISS. Really? Yeah, but and uh, we we bettered them. Uh, we we had two nights there, but there was a tube strike the first night. Um, but yeah, we had the most amount of people in there. Yeah. That's oh right, what added up over the two nights? Yeah, yeah. But oh, then, then Kiss, I think Kiss did a show before Donington or something like that. So. Well, one th- uh, one thing I will say is that mm. only one band ever had people stage diving in the foyer, mm. um, and, uh, and and that was us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> With. Um, uh, what's it with Les the Vic Reeves show oh, yeah, yeah. supporting us because yeah. that was a typical sort of that's a very thing to do mm. you know just yeah we'll have a and, and do you know do you know we, we did that gig and we had Les from the Vic Reeves show supporting us do you know who was Les from the Vic Reeves show's manager no oh yes the guy that was doing Napalm wasn't it no. Paul Lowesby. Lowesby? Oh, well, he's my manager for a while as well. Well, there Paul you go. Paul Lowesby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, the, the, the record yeah. label wrote, uh, uh, the record label wrote to Channel 4. Mm. Channel 4 forwarded it to um, Fred, Les, Fred Aylwood, mm. and he forwarded the he forwarded that letter to his manager, and his manager went, is this some sort of fucking joke? I know these guys. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, he tour managed us like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. All the new because he was managing, he was tour managing Nuclear Assault at the time. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's just weird how things work. And he mm. took away a bundle at that gig as well. Mm. So with the way we did a stupid door split, and he absolutely made a shit ton of money that night. Unlike us, mm. same old story, mm. same old story. But um, starting to get all dewy eyed about the old days now. No, no, it wasn't worth it. No. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. It was. It was good fun. It was good. Fun. I mean, I'm amazed that people actually remember. I'm. I'm. I'm amazed with the, the fondness with which people kind of remember what we did. Yeah, but it's just and people are young, and you look back. Like I say, we wrote into glasses, is it? And it's really now. I mean, it's 
you remember playing like Leeds Irish Centre on a Wednesday night or something it was fucking grim you know <laughs> <laughs> might have been for you mate but we were from Leeds it been rammed yeah. <laughs> the Duchess do you ever do the Duchess I did the Duchess yeah yeah, 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 yeah I did the Duchess yeah, yeah. it's a Hugo Boss shop now is it yeah. yeah probably better for that yeah I think, <laughs> I think I had about two park hands working when we played there oh we we, we loved it mm. yeah, but that was a that was a local for us very hot gig that one wasn't it oh mm. yeah Played that in, uh, and funnily enough, the Clarendon, when we played with you, the second mm. time we played there with Death Angel, mm. that's one of the hottest gigs I've um, mm. ever I known. think Cardiff Venue was a hot, one of the hottest ones we ever did as well. That was, that was sort of mid-June time. Well, that was silly hot. Well, Cardiff Venue, we were supposed to open it with mm. Exodus. Mm. And we drove down and it failed, didn't get, it didn't get a um, fire safety certificate. So, so we just had to go out and have a curry in, mm. um, in Cardiff instead and, and a few beers. Um, so yeah, it, was, it wasn't particularly hot that night. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, look, you're, you're, you've obviously you kind of reinvented yourself as a, as a producer um, and some people love your work mm. and some people give you shit for your work. I don't listen to them. Yeah, um, of course yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Of course same, not. same as music with me. I mean, you can only do what you feel true to, and I, I just, you know, I just do what the bands are like, and I, I just do, uh, do what I think is right for the bands, really, and uh, it keeps the work coming back. Yeah, so obviously the bands feel right about it, and that's all you can do, you know. Well, I, well, it's funny because I've, I've, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to sort of like you know, kind of like fight your cause for you, but I've, I've seen the criticism of your work from some people and they've said like oh it's like yeah it's a typical typical Andy Sleep production oh, he's, you know he's done this and he's done this oh they all sound the same mm. um, and whenever I read that I always think well hang on the, the bands that have hired you have hired you because they've heard your previous work yeah if you rock up and start give them a job bottom yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, they, and you start going Eddie Kramer on them yeah they're, they're gonna it's be not like, going to work well, is it no, no. I mean, it's and, and they don't sound the same when you put them side by side. Absolutely. They don't yeah. sonically. They they're not the same at all. Uh, they've got a certain character to them, which obviously is, it's going to have because I'm doing it. It's like you know any good producer like Mutt Lang or Bob Rock or oh, you're uh, putting yourself in a sting company there. They're, they're you know they they do the same you know. Uh, but look, do you know what I mean? Anyone that's got a good name for themselves has got a certain style and a certain quality they bring to the table. Well, even if you can translate that for, to acting. Yeah. You know, people say like, oh, well, you know, Al Pacino, you know, you put your head right up. And he's like, oh, he's the same in every movie. It's mm. like, well, no, he isn't. Mm. But he is the same person. Yeah. He can't, you know, he can't be somebody else. You know, he, he's always going to be Al Pacino pretending to be somebody else so there's always going to be characteristics and, mm. and it, it, it's kind of like that yeah, yeah. but that's the bands want that that's why they're hiring yes, you yeah, as well yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. there's a certain quality within your stuff that they want and it's that clarity and that um, sharpness and a certain thing you bring to the table that they want applying to their sound and I think the trick as a good producer is to uh, you know bring the qualities of the band out not not you know reinvent the wheel for the band, you know, yeah, but it, it's you put your stamp on it, you know. Um, I mean, and, and presume, I mean, is there anybody? I mean, you don't have to name them, and I'm sure you won't. But is there anybody sort of significant that you've turned down? Um, yeah, well, there's one or two bands, sort of, like, you know. I mean, there's some Slipknot live stuff that I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to do, and um, 
just because I, I didn't feel I was the right guy for the job. And it's like Avenged Sevenfold as well. They approached me a few albums ago, quite a long time ago. Um, and again, I, I was just like, you know, I, I don't really... Um, I don't really understand this band. I mean, I, nice guys and obviously good at what they do. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. Yeah, but if you don't understand the that's music, it. how can it, you it, work with it? Yeah, that's it. I, I don't want to be sat in a studio. Uh, I mean, these weren't full album projects anyway. It's just B sides and bits and pieces. Um, but if, if I don't understand it, then I think there's a better guy down the line for the job. You know, I'd rather. Yeah. I'm not the guy that's going to just do it for the money. I never have done it just for the money. I'd, I'd rather it was. They, they worked with a producer that was into it and felt he could add something to it, add to the big picture. Yeah. And if there's something that I... There's always... I never really... I can't say there's many bands now that I, I, I listen to and I, I'm like 100% into it, but even like... Um, I'm on a master good example. They, they came up to me and wanted me to do the record. And then at first I was kind of like, oh, it's a bit death metally for me. I don't know about it. You know, I don't really get it really. But then I saw them live... And I was like, well, hang on, there's some melody in there that I like, and there's some riffing that I like. And I got to meet the guys, I got to know them. I was like, yeah, I can work with these guys. You know, so, I think I can bring something to the table. That's, a, yeah. that, that's quite, is it, I mean, is it, is it my perception? That's quite old school, isn't it? What? To, to, that, that kind of attitude? To, would, to, isn't there a lot of people out there who just go, yeah, I'll do it. It's, um, it's X amount. Well, you might have noticed I'm a little bit old school. <laughs> <laughs> Old being the operative word. Hey, yeah, but hey, yeah. Every day above ground, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, maybe it is old school, but I'm, I'm sort of, I'm from that background anyway, so I, I think uh, I'd rather, you, you know, if I was the guy in the band, I'd rather there was someone like me being honest with them, saying, you know, before they take like, you know, X amount of thousands of pounds off them, you know, to do the job, it, yeah. being honest with them, going, actually, yeah, I can add something to this, you know, and not just doing it for the quick book, you know. So. And, and, and presumably as well, that, that, that's going to reflect better on you as well, isn't it? I, mean, well, it's like, I think it it's better long, longevity-wise. I think it's better for your career. I mean, yeah, I got to a point a few years ago where I was doing a lot of work, you know, I was doing a lot of mix work for like Central Media and Nuclear Blast all the time. And I think people get sick, sick of seeing your name on stuff as well. If you're the in guy all the time... There is, there, 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 but the thing is that... that, that that in guy changes. Yeah, it's like there there is an in guy at the moment who yeah. I won't name because that's it's not right for me to do so. But there, I know exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who you know? He's doing a lot of the bands I've been doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's his turn. Yeah. But he's at that stage in his yeah, career. Yeah. I, I was that guy a, a few years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And that's why people are going, "Oh, I'm sick of seeing this guy," because you actually you don't want to turn the work down because you've got it all coming at you. Um, but you have to sort of slow down a bit because you do you get burnt out and you, you know you, you I took some time to sit back and think hang on a minute people yeah I started seeing comments from people and you do take it to heart and you, yeah. you you're like um, you know what I, I I can see this I can see the way this is going because you tend to be mixing by numbers a little bit and doing a little bit the same thing and it gets very uninspiring for you as a producer and a mixer you know and as a musician as well you you you, you want to enjoy your job you want to be creative at it um but, I, but also i think isn't there a little bit of that like you start out and you know you get a, a bit of a job here and a bit of job there and then all of a sudden when the work starts coming in and you start going wow this is great you know yeah. i've been having to like you know knock on doors yeah, beg borrow and steal and when, when you have to turn stuff down yeah and yeah. it's like wow yeah, this yeah, is awesome yeah, yeah 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 and then all of a sudden it, it, it's it's it, that happens and yeah. you go for it a period like that and then all of a sudden you go 
right, hang on, I never thought I'd see myself doing this, but I'm actually going to have to start turning stuff down because yeah. it's it, killing doing me. too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, I was telling you about when I was doing the Megadeth album, I did yeah. 70,000 air miles on, on that last album and I was juggling other albums Endgame. at the same time, yeah. And it, it was absolutely physically killing me, you know, I was exhausted. And there was, there was that one year I did Megadeth, I did Testament and Accept all out in the States. You know, I never had any time at home. I was literally, I mean, everyone says, oh, it must be great doing this job. But I haven't got a home life. I didn't have a, yeah. a, a family life or anything. I was literally living out of a suitcase, constantly flying backwards and forwards across the Atlantic. Absolutely exhausted, never getting right from jet lag, you know. And by the end yeah. of the year, I was just like, fuck this, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got to stop, you know. Yeah. Um, and it really, I mean, you know, you don't get weekends off. You, seven days a week you know, two months at a time. Well, the thing yeah. is, as well, is it's all-consuming. I mean, yeah. when, and when you're working with a band, as far as that band's concerned, like, you, yeah. you, uh, you, jo you join that band. You're yeah. the fifth, sixth well, they member, think whatever. And, and also, you know, you'll get band members walking in doing their, their bit for two or three hours, walking out. The next guy walks in, does his bit, and you're working constantly for 12 hours a day. You know, you're, you're feeling guilty about having a lunch break, you know. Yeah. You know, if you, you, you go out for an hour and a half, you, you get back and they're all looking at the watches, you know, thinking about the clock that's ticking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, really tough. Yeah, I, well, I think, and I think um, well, just the hours and the travel that you've oh. mentioned. I mean, like, people say, oh, you know, tough, you're sitting around listening to music and stuff like that. Mm. It's like, well, it's not. No. And the thing is, it's like, even when you are listening, you're not listening. You're you are concentrating yeah. so much because mm. you're... You know, and, and the thing is, it's, it, there's also that sort of paralysis by analysis as well, isn't there? You're going to overanalyze mm. what you're doing, yeah. what... Oh, you can't see the wood for the trees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention was, and, and uh, you've told this to me personally, but I'm not sure if you, um, you'd want to, um, you'd want to say this again. Um, uh, you know, I, do you remember a while ago uh, being approached to um, by somebody from the Metallica camp um, as regards Death Magnetic? No. Really? No, I've not been approached. No, I no. No. I thought you were. No. No, that, but that might just be my poor memory. No, no, honestly, I can honestly, no, I've never, the, the, the only dealings I've had with the Metallica camp... Was uh, when you remixed tracks from Death Magnetic and put them on YouTube, and, no, and, and to this day have refused to claim... I, no, no, I'll tell you what's happened there, that is people is on my forum. Is that an urban rumour? No, that's, that, that's my forum, there was... Um, you have a forum? Yeah, the, the, yeah, there's loads of kids on my forum. Nice, um, are you grooming? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it was the uh, Guitar Hero tracks or something. You know, kids can. Yes. I don't know what program they use, but they can pull the the single files off it. I know it's fucking amazing what they can do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's a load of kids on my forum doing that and reposting the mixes uh, for right. Death Magnetic. You know, yeah. so that's what that was. Right. Okay. So yeah. but you were falsely accused. Yeah. Of, yeah. I'm couldn't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, so you're, you're still up for doing the next Metallica album then? No, not really. I don't think so. No. I, think that, I think they've got the... Actually, I'll tell you what... Well, do, you've got the beard for it. I know, yeah. You've I, got the beard that's for my, that's it. According, according to um, uh, uh, Corey from Slipknot, all you need to do is just um, wedge lots of food in it. Yeah, and, uh, sandals, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandals no, and you're in. I'll tell you what, though. I was, I was, um, I was chatting to one of their guys uh, the other day. There's a bit of two and, two and forth between the Metallica camp. And uh, that, I don't know if you heard it, that, that Dio uh, Rainbow tribute track they've done that yes. compilation, which I think is a 
Brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. Really good. Yes. And, uh, it's the best if you haven't thing, heard it, check it out. It's, it's the best thing they've done in 20 years. And I was saying, it was Kent, the guy who oh, Yeah, you have just France. stopped getting yourself any Metallica work, haven't you? Why? Like, <laughs> it's the best thing they've done for 20 years. Well, it is. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean it is. Um, best, best sounding, at least. And, uh, and I, I was yeah. saying, the guy, the, one of their guys, I was saying, it's, you know, it's, it's brilliant, you know. And it's, it, you know, it's Greg Fiedelman's mixed that. So I don't know what happened on, on the, the last record, but, you know, it's, I don't know. I just that's, well, that's quite interesting because I think there, there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, there was a lot of discussion about it at the time. Mm. And mm. some people say, what, what, what the fuck is the problem? Mm. But then when the guy who mastered it comes out and says, look, the, the, this whole thing was brick-walled by I got it and believe you me, I wasn't happy about what I received. Mm. I mean, can you understand that? Uh, I, well, I, I, you know, it, I, it's one of those things, I think if you weren't there, you, you can't really comment on it. You, you don't know what's what's gone off, really. Fair news. Um, but it's I mean, obviously there, were, there was problems with the sound on that, but I think the uh, I think that Dio thing sounds great. And if, if they could yeah. do an album, um, obviously there's quality songs on that Dio thing, but if they could work with a producer that um, could, could, I mean, to me, I think Bob Rock, yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, think they went off the boil with the Black Album and stuff, but I think Bob helped them with the arrangements really well. And I think if, if they could work with a producer who could get their arrangements down to proper songwriting, and they even did it, mind you, I guess it was with Bob Rock. I mean, the stuff that they'd done on Load and Reload and some of the film track stuff afterwards, I thought was really good. Um, they, they need that sort of quality. And the, uh, the mixers on that, that Dio thing had the, a little bit the Bob Rock thing to it. Yeah, it did, didn't it? At the low end yeah. and had yeah. the Randy Stout samples yeah, going on by the sound. Yes, it's got that live yeah. sound to it. Yeah, it's it great. Like I mean, it's a little bit pro tool, but I don't mind that. It's kind of, it, it, Metallica always, when they were good, had that accuracy and the, the delivery to it. And uh, yeah. that's what they need to get back to. You know, a bit of that tightness and the, the solid thrash, you know. Even yeah. rock, even some proper rock out of them would be nice, you know. So. It would. Yeah, and, J- and James is singing on it. It's brilliant. It's great. Yeah, you know? it's awesome. Isn't it? And it's, it's all in the right key for him. I think it went wrong a little bit when they started trying to down tune and it's, it's in the wrong wrong spot for his voice. It, he's got a sweet spot to his voice, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, well, like anything. Four, four, if he's, yeah. you know, he's a tenor. Yeah. I'm a tenor, if, believe it or not. You'll do anything for a tenor. <laughs> yeah, you've seen me do anything for a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's seen me roll up a tenner. But if you see, yeah, that, I mean, it's, to be fair, Rubin said that about about Sabbath, love or hate that album. Mm. Well, you know, he, he said to them, oh, love or hate his work, but he, he said to them, Ozzy's time in the band, when he was in the band before, he said that half the problem with what you were doing was you like the melody lines that you were writing were like just at the top end of his range. Mm. And yes, there's tons of effects on his on his voice on thirteen and all the rest of it. Mm. But the reason why he sounds better than he has done in years on that album is because it's melody singing, lines. He's singing an octave lower. Yeah, it's just a slap bang <laughs> in his fucking range. Singing in the key of talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but that's you know the older you get, yeah. the deeper your voice gets. I do, I, I do think that's. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's Halford from what I'm, I hear as well is doing a little bit of that as well. But it, you, you're right. I mean, you, your voice can't push like it used to. When you, I mean, it no, does no. drop. I mean, it drops so much as you get older. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw um, I saw fish 
do a live show. Mm. And, um, and, and somebody shouted out a, um, a Marillion song. Mm. And, he just, and he's like, he t- he's great with his heckle put down. So he just went, don't be fucking stupid. I can't even fucking sing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally. I mean, the only way yeah. a lot of bands do it is by tuning down a bit now, you know, one, you know, one or two steps down. But that really does affect the whole vibe of the song as well. You know, even if your your ears got used to hearing things in a certain key in, in a show, you know, if the whole band's tuning down a semitone or something, it, te- it it puts it in a different vibe. You know. So. Well, it's like that that Wembley Arena show that they did to celebrate, um, well, not celebrate, but commemorate Freddie Mercury's death. Mm. And um, uh, Liza Minnelli did an interview, and um, and she said. She said, you know what the amazing thing about this? I've got all these amazing singers here and they're all doing fantastic work, but all of these songs are a key lower than Freddie used to sing them. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, because nobody could do it. Yeah. You know, uh, it, but you, know, you have to do that, mm. like I said, at a certain age, but it's better to be around than not be around. Yeah. But, uh, so what, what, are your, what are your plans now anyway? I mean, you've got, obviously you've got, hell is, seems to be, Really gathering some momentum. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously did this I'm on a Marth Carcass tour at the end of the last year. Uh, it's been a bit quiet at the start of this year because I've been doing Accept and Exodus out, out in the states. Uh, but then we've got this Hyde Park show um, next oh, month. Oh fucking hell, yes! Yeah, with with Sabbath, so that'll be good. Yeah, you're on the big Hyde Park show. Yeah. Well, second stage, but uh, still good. You're still there. Yeah, yeah. You're not paying to get in. No. Uh, any chance I'm, of any guesters? No. Um, and then uh, we've got Wacken as well we're doing Wacken um, oh right really yeah there's a Spanish show with Art Tony as well we're doing and I think Wasp are on that bill as well um, oh awesome I hope on. you haven't got any anti-Christian lyrics <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blackie, I don't think we have old Blackie won't be happy he won't be happy no, no. unhappy if, Blackie well yeah. if, when he finds out you, that you're on the bill you might uh, you know yeah. Might be getting the old Spanish archer from the yeah, Spanish yeah. show. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> old bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. That was a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, that's an old one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the old ones are the old ones. Yeah. Then we got the, just this festival in Belgium. Then we're doing the Saxon tour at the end of the year. So Saxon. Saxon. Yeah. Wow. Proper. Wow. Yeah. How do you think you're going to go over to Saxon? Fans? Fine. Really? Yeah, absolutely fine. I mean, we did the Accept tour in Germany. Which is Germany pretty, doesn't count. No, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be all right, you know. I think Saxon fans are like the metal. I think we've got enough of the trad metal and the hell stuff to uh, to win them over. So I think is this the fun. beginning of the PR war? Is it? No, you, it's there lots fun. of interviews going. Yeah, Saxon fans—they're really cool. No, they, yeah, they love I've, the metal. No, I'm a Saxon fan. I, I listen to hell as well. So yeah, fair dues. Yeah, fair dues. I I don't know. I was I was never. Um, I think I had one album with a girl eating the lemon or whatever it is. Or Play a bit of Saxon. Oh, Andy's getting his phone out. I'm not sure I've got. Um, not sure we've got any rights for this. I mean, it's all right. It doesn't I, matter. If I, you... I, I know Biff will wave the rights. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and play it on your phone. Uh, yeah, what have we got? Yeah, I, I downloaded this for the bike ride. Here we go. Hang on, let's have a bit of a. Don't get any better than that, does it? <laughs> what is that? What's that? Ten four seven. Um, I'm a I'm a, a Saxon Philistine. I'm just going to listen to this. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, would it? Oh God, is he talking? Just put the uh, put the music right, on. Right, yeah, we go. Yeah, right. That sound. A bit poor Quinn for you there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you were saying about like you know uh, bands, you know these days and all the rest. Of it. I mean, it's 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 interesting actually because you've 
you've worked over a period where the music business has probably changed more than it has done in the last sort of 50 years yeah. in the space of 10 years it's just been insane not just the technology that you're using but the way the entire business has changed and the way bands operate and and, and everything I mean it's it's that's it's, it's kind of like head spinning really I mean do you find it do, do bands have a different approach now than they than they would have done I think they're a bit more that. savvy really uh, on the industry I, I think um, well, there's the, not much of the industry left really, no I mean uh, uh, certainly you know they're watching there's, they're watching budgets a lot more and there's a lot more um, sort of home recording going off really um, you know when, when, when we were doing the band thing you'd get a budget for your late, uh, for recording you get a budget a small advance as, as a band you know you yeah. get tour support yeah, uh, and really, it's all piled into one there, one smaller advance. They want an album that's twice as long, um, and a lot of them are wanting these three sixty deals now, where they're in at the merchandise and the live shows as well. Um, so, sort of the labels are clamouring after the money. The bands are trying to keep as much money as possible. Um, it's basically it's 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 not sustainable, is it? No, no. You've you've got to be. I think a good example actually is Devil Driver. They're they're a bit. Um, uh, Des is quite clued up on, on how to keep a band running and turning over and making a business happen because uh, I mean he's, he's, he's probably turning out an album every one and a half two years he's really tightened the purse strings and really uh, streamlined yeah he, 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 he's clever at it he's, he's, the way he keeps the ball rolling um, yeah, uh, working every, keeping every the band working years, that's, yeah. there, there's an album though yeah it? and it keeps within the touring cycle and you get on festivals and you know you, there's a certain momentum you can keep going um, and a band like Arch Enemy was doing that a lot as well when you look back at the way they were working but I think that I think fans get a little bored of that as well it can be like you know over here again it's another new album you know it yeah. comes around very quick to a fan doesn't it I yeah think. it does yeah. Um, yeah so I think you've got to be really careful uh, after a few years that you're you're not just repeating yourselves, you know, and uh, I think it's difficult. I think it's really difficult if you're on the road all the time, um, doing the same thing day in, day out to, to come up with anything new, to be honest. Well, this is, this is something uh, that, that that's kind of strikes me as well, is that is that bands having to be on the road because that's where the money is. Yeah. Means that when you're off the road, you're not earning. Yeah. So and, and if you fall into the wrong spot of the year and take the time off the wrong year, you can almost have a year off because you can't get back onto festivals because you haven't got an album out in time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so you've got to be really careful with your scheduling. Well, this is the thing as well. Is like it's like it's funny to say like by you know oh my god you'd have a year off whereas it's almost like that time where someone's going to say right okay we're going to take a year off and we're going to spend a year working on an album. Mm. Well, who's going to do that when? Essentially, the album is not what's going to earn you money. Yeah, it's going to be out on the road. Yeah. So, but you can't get out on the road unless you've got a new product out. You know. But what I'm saying is, is that leading to is that is is that going to lead to basically, uh, you know, the the quality of the product suffering? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's yeah. that's my belief as well. Yeah. Because it's like, well, look, just just get some. I mean, there's a band. Well, you, there's you, a, there's a band I know of recently mm. who base basically. Due to certain things in their um, schedule, the label said, "Look, you know, you need. We need this album by back." Yeah, so, so they cut so, corners so, to get the so album it's out. written yeah. and recorded in six weeks. Yeah, I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah, 
And yeah. it's just, I, I, you know, I don't... And the, the label are getting an inferior product because they're putting the pressure on the band to get the album out. Yeah. Yeah. And basically harming the band's career. But by the same token, the band also want to get out as well because yeah. that's where the money is. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, basically this isn't working for anyone. No. Because the fans get an inferior uh, quality product, the mm. band is harming their career, mm. and the label's encouraging it and financing it. Yeah. So... It's not. It's, it's a quick, quick fix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think it's got to go. I, but it's happened all the way down the line. I mean, a lot of bands, you know, even back to the classic bands, have put inferior albums out for exactly that reason. You know, I mean, going on about Saxon, right? For instance, they were putting an album out. You know, probably one per year back in the glory days. You know, true, yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, they wrote a lot of good songs in a very short space of time, but. There was a lot of bands back then that were, were doing inferior albums as well. So it's always happened. Um, I think it's a case of bands not getting lazy on the road and continuing to write. And, you know, it's very easy when you're on the road to stick yourself in that headspace and just think, right, we're out on the road now. Let's just party and have fun. And yeah. just, you know, and, and not put any hard work in, in, in your spare time, which you've got a lot of when you're on the road. Um, but people tend to come up with this, this excuse as well, you know, couldn't write while everything was going off on the bus, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't write when we were on the road. Yeah. Oh, it's it such a hard road. life. Yeah, so yeah. tired. Yeah. 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 So do you? So do you lot write on the road as well? No, it's tiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not on the road enough to write, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Do, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I tell you what. If I was gigging as much as some of these bands, I would. Yeah. Yeah, but well, presumably, yeah, you can't because you're also working on yeah you know, production. And it's, it's, it's hard for me, you know. I, 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 it's funny because we've come back and we're, we're doing rehearsals for Hell at the moment for these shows we've got coming up, and we're trying to put a load of new live stuff in the set. And because I'm working with different bands day in, day out, it's like my RAM's full. I can't remember any of the material. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the new stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is going on there? You know, and I've learnt it and just totally forgotten it. So I'm having to go back and relearn it, you know. But that must be weird as well because it, does it mean that because you're because of your schedule does basically does that dictate to the rest of the band yeah, does, what yeah. they can and can't do yeah I mean yeah. that's that's a that's not an ideal scenario well they really? kick me out if they want <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like that is it no but it, it's but to be honest if, but if they want you in the band they have to kind of well, they, well they, knew I, that, I, 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 they knew that going in. It's not, yeah. like, it's not like you suddenly became... But I, I, I work around it as well. I mean, I, I've, I've moved my schedule around for certain festivals and tours as well. So um, it's not like I'm not flexible about it. But, I, you know, it, it needs to be worked out in advance. That's, that's all, you know. Yeah. So, you know, if I've got an album that's happening... Uh, but we haven't cancelled anything major um, because of any health shows. I managed to shuffle it around. And actually, the bands that I work with um, they're fine if I take a weekend off to go and do a festival or something. So it's not, it's not a problem, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess you've, you've also you've got to that sort of um, you've got to that status now, haven't you? It's like earlier you were saying like, oh, we take an hour and a half off for lunch and all the bands are looking at their watch. Whereas now you can go and like take two days off to do a festival. And like, right. we're just pleased to have you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't charge them for it, so it's you know, it's fine. Yeah. It is fine. It's fine. It's two days holiday. Yeah. yeah unpaid yeah. holiday. Yeah. Um, so if you got what's um, what's in the, what's in the pipeline? Are you uh, are you gonna be doing anything? Well, obviously you're going. Oh, yeah. how almost forgot. Um, you're going to be going and finishing off the Exodus album. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. there's a new singer. Apparently, yeah. Who um, 
We both know. Yeah, yeah, he's back. <laughs> he's back in the van. He is, isn't yeah. he? But yeah. hopefully, I'm going to get him on. I'm going to get him on the podcast. Hopefully, if Patriot is still doing the onslaught. Yeah, they're still doing it. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, in that case, we're going to get to. Uh, we'll get him on. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that's uh, that's just a typical kind of music biz thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. You record the album. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's, it's, it's a bit weird, really. I mean, I, I didn't really sense much going down when when I was over in in California doing doing the drums and stuff, but. Um, you know they're obviously they've been butting heads a little bit and uh, I think it kind of ran its course a little bit with Rob I mean I get on with Rob great um, I get on with Zep well as well but uh, you know it's whatever the band feel is necessary it's, not, you know, it's none of my uh, my yeah. decisions so you know I, I'll, I'll mix it for them and send it me you know ah so it's the mix is it yeah do you, have you have you have you found yourself getting stuck in like Mixville doing a lot of doing a lot of mixes here and there or is that a choice of yours that you no I mean I'd I, I, I said to Gary you know I wish I was tracking him on it um, but it's just budget wise and schedule wise on this that we're not doing it right um, you know I, I tracked that on when we, when we did Temple of the Damned I tracked him and I think we got some really good stuff out of him so I, you know I think, I think we could go there again but yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Hatred thing actually because when I was talking to Gary the other day um, they're going to track him out in California if there's any other bits that we want to work on then while he's over in Europe, oh, we're just going course, to go yeah. over to my place and do it. So go over to the farm. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it works out. You know, we might end up patching a few bits up and reworking a few bits if it needs it. I don't know. We'll, well see, uh, see yeah, I'm available. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm available for um, for out of tune week harmonies. Yeah, that'll uh, work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or just some shouting. Yeah, you know, should that be needed? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, actually, the, you you did the um, you mixed carcass, didn't you? Yeah. Because that that the old story was out there wasn't it, that Colin had hit a brick wall with it. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if that was a literal or well, no, figurative. He uh, he was um, yeah, he's working not far from me actually up in up in Chesterfield in Derbyshire, on you know, where they were tracking it, and uh, I've been popping backwards and forwards because I, obviously I know the carcass guys as well, I know Colin well. Um, well, yeah, because we're all, all from the same area, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So we. They actually got the guitar tones at my place, um, and you know I knew I knew they were sort of stalling a little bit on it, and I went and listened to a few mixes up at, at Chester, in Chesterfield. I knew they weren't quite happy with the way it was going, um, and then Colin, you know, we, we talk all the time. You know, we're good friends, so he'd be, he was sort of saying he was getting a bit stuck on it because he'd been working on it so long, and you do. So it's sort of, you, it's just a natural thing. I'd, I'd rather sometimes just mix something that I haven't recorded because you haven't got all the, the you know, the, the mantle bollocks that's gone with yeah. recording it. Yeah, um, well, yeah, you come, you're, you're fresh, fresh pair yeah. of ears. And you mix yeah. it for its value, you know. Yeah, and also you're not, you're not, you're not carrying in the, you, you remember a certain, you yeah. remember a certain something that was recorded and you think. You just take it on face value, don't Yeah, you? and you go like, oh, in the mix, I'm going to, yeah. yeah, and you're going to get fixated on that instead of just coming to it clean and going, yeah. right. This is it. Yeah. So You've got no emotional investment. Yeah, exactly. Either. So that's kind of what was needed with it, and uh, I think it worked out right in him. And he obviously he jumped ship and did the trivium thing. So, you know. Yeah. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's weird again. It's like it's just the it's the small world, you know. It, it, like you said, you know, you and Carcass being like close friends with Colin. Mm. Colin, of course, works at. The slaughterhouse in Driffield, which yeah. is where he started. The first album he did was. Well, he started. He started at um, Cargo Studios in uh, where was that? It was Manchester way, wasn't it? Cargo, where he was doing all the old punk stuff and that, some of the goth stuff and what have you before then. And then he end, but then he ends up at 
Driffield Slaughterhouse. Yeah, and it burns down. And uh, well, eventually, <laughs> um, we we end up going there doing yeah. that. Uh, we were asked if we wanted to use Colin. We we then we 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 got Steve Stilly Harris on it. Yeah, who's now doing U two? Who's now doing U two? Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah. Um, and we um, uh, but the weird thing is that we, uh, uh, you know, it was no, nothing against Colin at all. It's mm. just that we'd struck a good relationship up with Stilly, so. Mm. We just kind of like went there. Um, Colin actually helped us out and came. With, there's there's a um, there's a bit of narration on the um, on Thoughtful Sleep. Uh, there's a bit of narration on that track, and we couldn't quite get the sound right. And and Colin um, came in and uh, was just in the studio at the time and helped us get that sound. Mm. Um, really, you know, really nice guy. And uh, you know, we didn't work together. I think and then years later, it was like his name was just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. It's like wow, is this 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 is like Colin then? Yeah. You know, Colin used the, to be the like, train spotter from Driffin. I was just going to say, <laughs> Colin, the guy used to wear an anorak in the studio. Still does, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he could do, yeah. Love you, Colin. By the way, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and thanks for getting the sound on that. Mm. Um, but by the way, this, if you keep hearing that noise in the background, it's uh, there seems to be it seems to be cycling central. This um, yeah, I, th- I think we're at the hotel for the bike ride tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, 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 and everybody's decided to turn up, sort of, you know, between mm. eleven and midnight. Mm. Um, but um, uh, oh God, I d- what possessed you to do this bike ride? Uh, I was drunk at Donington last year, and uh, oh, I, I, quick, yeah. we've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Never been there before, but no. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Did you try and creep under a tent? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Alex Millas, the editor of Metal Hammer, uh, they they just turned up last year after doing 161 miles from Alexandria Palace to Donington. And uh, uh, he was, and I was like, you know, just being jovial. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'll do it with you next year if you ever do it. And he remembered um, and wrote me in oh, about man. a month ago. So I've been been and bought a bike and got training. It actually has been really good because it's got me in good shape. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good challenge. I was to say, you look at you looking in good shape. Yeah, yeah, lost lost a little bit of weight. So yeah, yeah, we'll see if we make it. Yeah, watch yeah, the space. Uh, so you are doing it in one day? No, three days. Three well, days. Two and a half really. So you've got all of your um you've got all of your like stages planned and everything. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a company that sort of um you know, they've got the whole thing planned out. There's a medic travels with us and the backup car and Right. Yeah, okay. about, I think about thirty five of us doing it this year, so Ah uh, well and and of course and I'm just I'm simply just driving up to download tomorrow yeah. to do my set. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, I think it's about, they, they do about 20 k's and stop for, you know, water and then, yeah. so it's not too stressful, you know. Yeah, well, they don't well, they don't want people having heart attacks and aneurysms no. on their watch, really, do no, they? No, not really. Do you have to have any kind of medical prior to it? No, you've got to sign off there and say, I'm healthy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, you've got some nerve signing a piece of paper says that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yes, my uh, my rock and roll battered yeah. uh, living corpse. Hey, it's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people have been far worse than me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, like I said, every day above ground. Yeah. It's all good. It's mm. all good. Well, look, um, I, I think we're going to um, going to wrap it up there. 
Um, that, believe it or not, is uh, yeah, it's just an hour and five minutes. So um, it's enough. It's enough, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's enough till next pay, time. Pay me if you want more. Well, I think, frankly, we've managed to we've managed to get um, we've managed to get through this without you libeling anyone. We're not libeling anyone. Off, I, I was going to say without libeling anyone no, or yeah. or um, torching your own career. Yeah, another couple of pints, it would have been totally pear-shaped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would have had all the Megadeth stories. Oh, there's none to tell. None of to course tell. not. No. Of course not. No. No. Um, so anyway, look, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all gone quiet now. Yeah. Um, absolute pleasure, lovely to see you. You too. Yes. Thanks for doing this. And you can't take your eyes off that mic. No, it's it? quite sexy. That mic. It is, isn't it? Oh, it's, if it's scratching. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's cheap. Um, How much was that? So uh, that was fifty quid off Amazon. Okay, it's a big spender. You so are. So there you go. So um, uh, by the way, uh, listen to the podcast. Um, Andy Sneak just scratched your ears there. Yeah. Um, so, was that in stereo? Is uh, it, yeah, if I do that, is that tickling the ear? Yeah, yeah, probably. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little one. It's, it's a class. It's a it's class good. piece of kit, that way. That's not. You should. I say you should have heard the first I podcast. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should have heard the first podcast I did. Yeah. Oh god. Mm. Sounded like I recorded it in in well in the toilet mm. whilst having a shit. Yeah. Uh, it was. Oh yeah, it was horrendous. But. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's the technical bollocks. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Yeah. Um, uh, see you soon. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. And there you go. So um, yeah, that was um, that was me and Andy talking bollocks, um, and it was really cool. It was great to catch up with him. Um, and um, yeah, he's a top bloke. You can tell that from the from the podcast there. Sorry, the um, the recording was a bit quiet there. Um, that caught me by surprise as well. Um, I, I can't really use the excuse uh, anymore of excuse excuse anymore that I'm um that I uh, that I'm le- you know I'm still learning. It's been six months really. I'm just shit. Um, but there you go. You know, fuck it. I, I, this is all. I don't get paid for this. It's just a laugh. Um, I like doing it. Um, and and occasionally, you know, hey, look, if it means you've got to turn the volume up in your headphones or turn the volume up on the stereo, whatever, a little bit during the interview, and then the creative restraint sting comes in at the end and like mashes your ears, sorry, but that's that's a small price to pay, is it not? For um for what I thought was a pretty damn good um well again, it's not an interview, it's just two old mates talking really. Um, can you hear that? How's that for a metal sound in the background? Hey, check that shit out. How you got you don't get much more metal than listen to helicopter, hey? Yeah. I live in fucking I live in fucking war-torn Vietnam, man. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just a couple of cunts nicks a car. Uh, and they get tracked. Um so anyway, it's um coming to the end of the podcast now. Um and um uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, look uh, I, just a couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, going quickly back to Glass Metallica, Metallica at Glastonbury. Now, I, I know opinion is split. It's always going to be split on Metallica. My personal view was, um, you know, uh, despite Lars's drumming, they did they did a good job. They did a good job. Um, that little movie that they put up uh, prior to going on. Look, they represented. They represented metal. Metal was was in Glastonbury, and it wasn't just fucking metal. A metal band played Glastonbury. It was Metallica headlining Glastonbury. Yeah, just think back if you're old school, new school, whatever. But just think back, you know, oh, well, fucking 25, 30 years. Would you have ever imagined that this would have ever happened? No. And some of you will say, and it never should have, and that just proves how establishment they are now and blah, blah. Yeah, whatever, you know. Things fucking change. I actually saw somebody post a comment saying, oh, God, so different from, so different from, you know, from the from the band that I saw on the Justice Tour. No shit, dude. You're different too. We're all different. That was fucking 
25 years ago. Jesus Christ. Time changes, time moves on. I think they did a good I think they did a good job. Um and uh, and funnily enough, I was talking to a photographer today. Uh, I don't know why I told you he was a photographer, but he is. And he was saying his 5-year-old son since seeing since seeing like on the coverage of Glastonbury, he let him stay up and he watched Metallica, almost like staying up to watch a horror movie. It's fucking hilarious. His 5-year-old son um uh has just been listening to Metallica all the time, and he uh, uh, and he's and he's, his dad's not a metaler, but he's let him you, like listen to it on Spotify and stuff, and 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 he said he's trying to, and he's playing his son other music, and his son just keeps going, five years old, keep going, it's not heavy enough, it's not heavy enough, it's not heavy enough. If that is the kind of impact Metallica playing Glastonbury having, spreading the word, the good word, yeah, on metal, then what's the fucking problem? What is the fucking problem? I think that's awesome. That's very, very cool. I don't know. It's just anecdotal evidence of, but I, you know, that's what can I do? I can only tell you what you know, what I see, what I hear, what I find. Um, I mean, you know, okay. So Lars Ulrich, Lars Ulrich. I'm going to go very old school here. Lars Ulrich does sometimes with his new hair look a bit like Mick Miller when he's playing the drums. Um, I was, I would say, Google a picture of Mick Miller. Don't worry. Um, uh, don't duck, duck, go a picture of Mick Miller. Um, there is a Talking Bollocks Facebook page. None of you seem interested, but I'm, I'm fucking plugging away with that motherfucker anyway. Um, uh, we've still not broken the sixty barrier on, on people following us on Twitter. It's, it's quite funny, but hey, it gives me something to do. Um, so, uh, so yeah, go to the um, uh, Facebook forward slash Talking Bollocks with a Z, not an S, on the end, um, and that's the Facebook page. Anything I mention here. I will post links to on that Facebook page. So, you know, I'll post up suicidal tendency, uh, suicidal, I'll post up Ice-T's body counts cover of uh, of Institutionalised and a picture of Mick Miller for you and all the rest of it. Um, I might even do a bit of photoshopping and do a, you know, separated at birth. Um, uh, and yeah, that was funny. Um, I have had a, um, I have had communication from a female listener. I know. Hello, Leanne. I know you're listening. Um, a regular listener, or probably only female listener. Um, I keep saying if you're a female listener, let us know. Just a tweet, a text, anything, you know, but never happens. Um, or email me at howard at allaboutherock.co.uk. Why all about the rock, Howard? Well, it's funny you should ask. Why don't you tell them? I think I will. Um, obviously, this website, uh, this website, this podcast is hosted by allaboutherock.co.uk. Get down there and check out the fucking website, those guys. Without them, this podcast would not exist. Um, I keep ramming at home, and I always will, because um, uh, me, I owe them. You, you owe them. We all, we all owe, um, we all owe all about the rock um, a debt of gratitude, because um, without them, this just wouldn't be happening. So, uh, so there you go. Um, so yeah, you can get yeah, so if, anyway. Female listener got in touch, Leanne. I know you're listening. Um, she made a very good point. I was talking about female fronted uh, metal bands, and she said Skin, Skin from Skunk and Nancy. And do you know what? Good point. Not going to argue with that. Not going to argue with that at all. I am going to say that that's not exactly what I was talking about. What I kind of meant was these horseshit genre bands with keyboards and like Epica and people like that who just fucking turned me off completely. And um, uh, Arch Enemy got to hand it to him. Two female, two two female vocalists ruining a perfectly good band there, um, uh, but uh, you know she she had a point and um, and if no, none of you are, if you if you if you're a Seven Dust fan at all I know that not that not that big over here but Seven Dust um, on their second album um, I think it's called Home fucking awesome album there's a song called Licking Cream and um, and it's a duet with Skin from from Skunk and Nancy and and obviously Lajon from um, 
uh, uh, Seven Dust, and it's on their arm. I will put that on the Facebook page. That is a genuinely fucking classic metal duet. Now, there you go. Send me your metal duets. Seriously, because normally collaborations, let's face it, are shit. But it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So if, if you can think of, a, think of one and send me, let me know. Go to the Facebook page, have a look, um, and play it, because um, it's just awesome. So, so Leanne, yeah, definitely got a point. Definitely got a point. Um, I actually know the guys in um, Skunk and Nancy. Mark Richardson played drums for them, and Mark was drummer in Little Angels, and Little Angels were signed to song management, and so were Acid Rain. So I know Mark very well. Um, so um, funnily enough, when they when they did their um, when they did their uh, I think their the very last album, something pill, chill pill, yeah. Um, I actually went down to the studio to, and hung out down there for a couple of days down there while they were recording that. Um, and um, so there you go, come full circle. But um, uh, yeah, uh, definitely talented. I, I I don't know. I still I, I don't. Are they metal? Are Skunk and Nancy metal full on? I suppose they are. I don't, I don't know. I just think there's a little bit of maybe mainstream rock in there, Leanne. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've got to say it. I'm still not absolutely convinced. She is fucking great. I'm not questioning that for a minute. And I've been to see him a number of times because um, Stilly, Kev's brothers, usually crewing for Mark, and it's always good to see Mark. And they're great live, and she's awesome. And I, I'm not convinced it's actual full-on metal. It's it's kind of metally pop rock pop metal. I don't know. I don't know. But e- either way, you got a point. So anyway, um, uh, that's just about it, really. Um, I think. Oh no. Um, uh, I watched a Maiden documentary on Number of the Beast. Now, some of you may have seen this documentary years ago, a number of times, and I'm just catching up on it. And I apologise. Um, oh, brilliant. The cars just pulling up outside. Gonna have to shut the uh, balcony window. So there we go. Ah, no, 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 people hadn't heard of them in the States. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? They're like, you know, big band in the UK, but people hadn't heard of them in the States because, like, it was difficult to get the album. Um, and that's just a concept that is just so redundant um, now with the, with the way things are with the net and everything else. It's just, it's mental. And it was just some some really, really great old school um, stories and, and, and stuff. And, uh, and if you haven't seen it, um, Maiden fan or not, it's definitely worth a watch. It's very cool. I am aware it's been out for absolute fucking years. Um, I, I only just caught up with it. You're probably, every single one of you is probably saying, yeah, I've fucking seen that, dickhead. Um, so, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Point made. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty, oh, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, the best thing you know about about the Metallica performance was they didn't play Lords of Summer. Um. So we didn't have to listen to that fucking monstrosity drumming. Lars falling downstairs with his kit. Um. I must admit, uh, they've since released Lords of Summer. Um. The, the like first pass version or whatever. I've given it a good listen, and um. I must admit, I quite like Dag- Death Magnetic. I know it comes in for a lot of shit, and you know, yes, brick walled and all that, whatever. But there's some good. It's the best thing they've done in fucking you know god knows how long um uh, and yeah and there's some good songs on it i like it but fucking hell lords of summer it, it it's shit i mean you know lars's drumming is standout shit but i hate to say this hetfield's vocals and 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 just the main riff fucking hell stock i believe the metallica 
um, family uh, word would be for it. It's just, it's just rubbish. It's just, it's shit. It is. It's just shit. And it, it sounds, it sounds like a four minute. It sounds like a four minute song that they play twice. It's. There's somebody should be somebody in that fucking rehearsal room just saying or tuning room or whatever going listen boys and this is the problem when bands get that big nobody will say no or you should do this because they're so big they're everyone's meal ticket so everyone just goes yeah yeah that's great yeah do that do that no don't do that do not fucking do that Lords of Summer is a four minute four and a half minute song at best why they're fucking playing it twice and calling it one song I don't know but it needs to be sorted out anyway that's enough waffle from me uh, we're coming up to one um, one hour and forty eight minutes and seventeen seconds. So um, it's been great, as I always say, and I'm not going to labour this. But again, I really do appreciate all of you um, uh, downloading, subscribing. Please download, please subscribe via iTunes. Give us feedback via iTunes. Just give us some stars on iTunes because it means that uh, basically we get rated. We haven't got enough. We haven't not enough people have rated the podcast to even have a rating yet. Two lovely reviews, and thanks for those guys. But we, we do not have a rating and it, it would really help because, um, you know, labels and PR companies and management companies look at this shit um, because if I'm trying to get interviews and they look at our Twitter account and we've got 60 followers and they look at the Facebook page and we've got 200 people there, they're like, really? You want us to fucking let you interview our people? Um, it it w- would really help if they can go to iTunes and apart from two great reviews see some some kind of like you know style anyway I'm fucking begging here you know I'm fucking begging here I'm fucking dying here <laughs> look anyway thank you very much to each and every single one of you thank you very much for whether you subscribe on YouTube whether you whether you watch on you listen to it on Facebook whether you download it via your podcast whether it's whether it's on iTunes whether it's downloaded onto your piece of shit iPhone um, or whether or whether it's downloaded on a on a Windows phone with podcast lounge or whether it's on an android phone with Podkicker and all the other apps that are out there all podcast apps please spread the word tell everybody about it it's brilliant every time an episode comes out we get more and more subscribers it really is great i really appreciate every single one of you i hope you enjoy it feedback to me as much as you like if you're in a band you want to net and, and you want me to plug your band all you gotta do is get in touch okay tweet at talking bollocks with a z um, you can get me at uh, Howard at allaboutthe.rock.co.uk. It's it's very easy. So um, it just remains for me to say that I am now going to introduce the uh, new Suicide uh, Watch uh, song from the uh, soon to be released mini album Alienation Zone. Uh, pre-order now, motherfuckers. And um, this is a song called This Cursed Earth. Um, it was fucking fantastic um, fun doing this. And the guys have been, yeah, just a joy to work with. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, please, pin your fucking lug holes back. Pin those ears back and get ready for the might that is Suicide Watch with a certain uh, Howard H. Smith <laughs> uh, guesting on vocals. Uh, not on the whole thing. Rid's the main man. I'm, you know, I do a verse and I'm in the background most of the time. And that's cool because that's what I was there to do because they are the dudes. But um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Suicide Watch and this Cursed Earth. <laughs> 